This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's a pre-kend, pre-kend vibes. It starts Thursday afternoon. We made that official here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The pre-kend starts as soon as you hit the PMs here uh, on the Thursday afternoon. She is Michelle Smallman there at the New York office. I'm Randy Scott here at the Bristol office. You can join the conversation. CC call in line wherever you are. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And uh, you heard the illustrious, the dulcet tones of uh, Doug Brown informing us all that Shohei Otani's thrown his first career complete game. It was, a, uh, of course, a shutout there in the Angels 6 nothing win over the Tigers. That takes... A bit of a backseat to the fact that uh, Shohei Otani is going to remain a, a, a an Angel of Anaheim here after the Tuesday Major League Baseball trade deadline. Not only are the Angels keeping him, they are doubling down in their efforts because they made a deal to bring in Lucas Giolito, uh, Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, they brought in you know Giolito. Uh, Otani aside, Michelle was probably the best starting pitcher available yep. on 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 the uh, market. Gave up plenty to get him though. White Sox get two top prospects. They get a catcher. They get a left hander. Um, it, it it feels like pushing your chips to the center of the table, which is saying something when he is a free agent here in a matter of months, and you're still four games back in the wild card. I am shocked that this is the route that Perry Manazian and the Angels are taking. I think it's a bold strategy. I respect it because if they really truly think that they have an inside track to retain Shohei Otani, Randy, dealing him is not the answer. And the only way that you're going to convince him to stay is by proving that you can win around him. And they're going for it. They address an area of need. They went out, acquired some pieces to help them in the playoff push. Now, do I think the efforts are going to be fruitless? I do. I don't think that they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think even if they sneak in that they're a team that's going to make some noise. And I think at the end of all of this, he may be packing his bags and going elsewhere. But I appreciate a team that is <laughs> that is going for it. I really do. I I don't know what that would feel like to occupy that chair and know that if you move on from him, that's going to follow you everywhere you went. You dealt the unicorn in baseball, likely yeah. the greatest baseball yeah. player that we'll ever see. And... By going out there and being aggressive, at at least you're saying we're trying with him now. We need to make the playoffs. We're trying now. Um, And I guess you could sell that to your fan base, too. Even if he does walk at the end of all of this, you can say we gave it our best effort. We really swung for the fences here. But I also think, Randy, that it's going to haunt them that they had the opportunity to deal Shohei Otani and get a lot in return for him, Mm -hmm. and they they didn't capitalize on that. Now, in reading a lot about this, apparently they were not super blown away by some of the players that were offered in return for Otani. So maybe that made this more of an easy decision. They didn't have a godfather offer we can't refuse situation. But I don't know about you. At the end of this, I think it's all going to be for naught. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a World Series team. And I think Shohei Otani will likely be playing in the playoffs and potentially a World Series with another jersey on at one point. All right, there's a, there's a lot to un, unpack here. First of all... Uh, our friend Harry, who works on this show, was not not super dialed in as a baseball mind, but he <laughs> but he said, "Hey, isn't this guy the closest thing we've had to Babe Ruth?" And we said, "Yeah." And he goes, "And when they traded, when the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth, wasn't there a curse?" And it was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "So why would anyone invite a curse onto their team right now? Like, why would you trade? Why would you be the one to trade the modern day Babe Ruth? Wouldn't that be inviting a curse?" And we we're like, "Yeah, Harry, that's a good point." Now. 
I would have traded him a year ago. If you want to be a shrewd, calculating, Belichickian mind of getting out too early as opposed mm-hmm. to too late, you trade him a year ago and you get a better haul than the Nationals got for Juan Soto. You know what I mean? Like That's why they weren't blown away for just a couple-month rental, for by the offers for just a couple-month rental. And you missed your window to do that. Now, I understand that you want to run it back with Mike Trout, who gets hurt. You can't anticipate that. And now you're left to deal with this. They are three and a half, right now, right this minute, 4.06 p.m. Eastern, they are three and a half games out of the second wildcard spot. They have to chase down the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays. Not insurmountable. But then you have to chase down the Astros. The Astros just got Jose Altuve, just got Jordan Alvarez back. You're not going to get Mike Trout back anytime soon. You're not going to get Anthony Rendon back anytime soon. If you're Artie Moreno and you look at your team and you look at the money that you've invested, some of this, tens of millions, if you want to go the lifetime of the contract, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, is sunk cost right now. Right. And you have brought in Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez because you are courting, you are already trying to re-recruit Shohei Otani. I applaud this aspect of it and this aspect of it only. You can't win if you don't play. And that is the mantra of lottery addicts, and it is the mantra of general managers. Okay, You cannot win Shohei Otani back if you do not buy a ticket, and that's what they did with Giolito. That's what they did by making it clear to Major League Baseball we're not trading this guy. They're giving themselves a chance to keep him beyond the end of the season. I also think that they are self-aware enough to understand that their identity has been wasting talent. Their identity has been that they've had an Otani, they've had a Mike Trout, they've had an Albert Pujols, and they can't win around them. So I I do understand their desperation factor, not only in trying to keep Shohei Otani, but win. I mean, they're they're trying to reach the postseason for the first time since 2014. They have the majors longest streaks of consecutive losing seasons, which is seven, and consecutive non-playoff seasons, which is eight. I mean, Shohei Otani wants to win. This is a club that's just trying to make the playoffs and prove that they're not an embarrassment, that has um, the, the greatest talents that the game's ever seen, and they can't get it done. And that's why, Randy, I think that they needed to pivot. Clearly having the superstar hasn't worked out for them. And that's why I thought that if they take, took a different route by moving on from him, stockpiling their farm system and saying, we got to hit reboot on this. We got to start over. Because if you're, if you're the Angels, you shouldn't be trying to just win the Shohei Otani sweepstakes and get him to return. You're trying to win a World Series. That's the ultimate goal in all of this. And that's what he ultimately wants, too. And I just don't know if this team, as currently constructed, even though they're a fringe playoff team, if they have enough to get it done. All right. We've got it. In, do we have breaking? Do we have like a breaking news sounder? Do we have like a bum, 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 That's the one. Dramatic. Uh, you never want to have a training camp injury card out. Uh-oh. At Bengals camp today, Joe Burrow carted off after potentially suffering an injury, and you have to you have to be careful because you don't. We're not we're not there. We're not doctors. All we know is the cart came out. He was grabbing at his leg. Where it says the calf area mm-hmm. that he has in his sleeve. Uh, that's all. That's all we know. He's carted off. But this is Joe Burrow. We're talking about. 
this is on a guy at the center of everyone's top five quarterbacks list right now. A guy who probably saw dollar signs in his eyes already after the Justin Herbert contract not long ago and was next in line to cash in like that. Joe Burrow, the face of the franchise, upon whom you know all of the postseason hopes, pretty much the entire AFC playoff picture changes if Joe Burrow has to miss any time. And again, we don't know if he will. We just know Joe Burrow carted off at uh, at Bengals practice, and we'll have more for you on that as we continue here on Canty and Carlin. Uh, it, it's just got to be scary, Smallman. Like if you, he's had knee injuries before, right? I mean he he took this, he dragged this team to the Super Bowl on one good knee, right? Yeah, I'm watching the video right now, Randy, that's circulating of this injury. And, you know, he's running a play. He runs out to his right and he gets a couple steps and you you clearly see him that that lower right leg. He pulls up on it. It does have a sleeve on it. And then he starts hopping on the left leg. And then you see him go down, grabbing the leg. Um, So we don't know much beyond that, but it does seem like something that was aggravated. And um, I'm just hoping that he's okay. Because as as a sports fan, as a football fan, football is better with Joe Burrow on the field. Yes, so yes. I'm hoping that he's he's okay and that this is something very minor. That's you know the the last time the Raiders went to the playoffs was uh, that loss to Joe Burrow and company. I think that was on on their way uh, to the Super Bowl win, and I just remember it feeling so ill at ease having to face. Burrow, having to face such a young, confident quarterback, there was some part of me that thought, all right, the moment's going to be too big. Moment's going to be too big for him. He's going to for Joe Burrow. For Joe Burrow, oh, I was so wrong. I was so. I mean, what wrong. in his history allowed you to think a moment would be too big for him? I didn't. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> swaggy JB, which nobody calls him that. They should, but they don't. He wasn't that at that point. He wasn't Joe Cool yet. Yet. You know, obviously the LSU heroics, yeah, were one thing. But I kind of thought, well, is, he's going to. He's gonna he's gonna choke. No, no, Raiders no. choked. Raiders choked in a in a massive way. So again, the news out of Bengals camp. Just, I mean, moments ago, uh, Joe Burrow carted off after potentially suffering an injury. Uh, went down grabbing the calf that uh, he has in a sleeve. We'll have more from Bengals camp. More on this uh, as we get it. We'll share it with you here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Saquon Barkley and the Giants agreeing to terms on a one-year deal worth up to $11 million. Hey, it's Saquon Barkley and a bag of chips. That's your offense. Without him, who are you? This is a running back issue. This isn't a Saquon Barkley issue. He could be the MVP of the league this year, and yet his value will diminish. He will be worth less a year from now than he will be now. That is the lot in life of an NFL running back. It was an interesting pivot. Uh, I remember waking up, Michelle, and I saw the news that Saquon had signed, and I thought, well, wait a minute. No, he can't sign a long-term deal. We're past that deadline. And then somebody said, no, no, no. You know, It was uh, Dan Orlovsky. was like, wait a minute. Does this mean that he could be traded? And that really made me dive in because financially it didn't seem to make a ton of sense for Saquon Barkley to sign what amounted to a franchise tag amount of money. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yet... Here we are. It's incentive laden. And then Adam Schefter comes in and kind of corrects some of the earlier reporting and says, well, listen, it's 10 point whatever fully guaranteed. And then there's a guaranteed $2 million bonus in there and it's incentive laden. It could go up. 
it didn't make a ton of sense to me on the outside looking in. Here's Saquon explaining it himself. This is why he decided to sign the one-year deal. I had an epiphany. No, the, the reality of it is, is one, I kind of just followed my heart. Obviously, I've, I heard what everyone was saying in, in the news or social media, but I kind of just followed my heart. You know, you got to look at it as a business point. Uh, from a business view, well, I felt like what's the best thing that I can do? Some people may agree or disagree with this and, you know, to sit out or sit in. And I feel like for this year specifically, the best thing that I can do for myself would be coming back, going out there, play the game that I love, playing for my teammates, doing something I want to do since I was a little kid. And I understand I know what's going on with the running back situation and me being tagged and the value of the running back continue going down. Only way that's going to change, uh, someone got to make a change. Uh, what he can't change is how his position is is valued or, or not valued, Michelle, yeah, in, in right. the NFL. But what, would you buy that? Though I had an epiphany. I I think epiphany is the same thing as saying I realized the reality of the situation and that he wasn't likely going to get what he wanted. I understand that he's disappointed that he didn't get the long term deal he wanted. I I. I'm sure he's disappointed he didn't get the Giants to agree to that no tag clause for next year. But sitting out or sitting in is a huge risk for him in a lot of different ways. And he talked about that, about how he wanted to be out there and play. He wanted to play with his teammates. This is something he's wanted to do since he was a little kid. And he had to be true to himself and listen to his heart. And also, I think he realizes, whether it's fair or not, that this is the reality of the landscape of the position that he plays. And I think, Randy, if there was an easy easy pathway to correct it, that mm-hmm. when all of those star running backs got on that call and discussed the, the state of their position and tried to come up with a solution, that they would have come up with one. And that's why I think they had that call and they didn't have a clear pathway out of it. And it's a real bummer for them. It really is. Because Saquon is so important to the Giants. He's so important to that offense. He was great last year. He finished fourth in rushing. And he was a weapon for them in so many ways. He's been the face of the franchise. He should be able to command financially what he wants. But unfortunately, that's not the reality of the situation right now. I also did a couple shows with Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants for us. And he was very adamant about saying that Saquon did not like how he was being perceived in all of this. He did not like that he was being perceived as greedy or that he wasn't a team first guy because that is the antithesis of who he is as a person. And so to hear him address that, Randy, saying, I heard what people were saying on social media. I heard what people were saying in the media. I heard I heard all the noise, but I had to do what was true to me. I think what Jordan was saying, we're, we're watching that play out, that he didn't, he wanted to be true to himself, which is a team first guy and a football player. So Saquon's contract now, I, you can call it incentive laden. Um, and I, it's interesting to hear that Saquon didn't like how he was being, you know, perceived or portrayed or both, because I think unfortunately he's now being perceived as someone who signed a bad contract uh, or uh, someone who lost in this contract battle with the Giants because they could tag him, they could franchise tag him next year. All he did was delay the inevitable in terms of the franchise tag, but this incentive laden deal, these are tough incentives. It's it's a, it, it's a ten point one roughly. Uh, base salary. He gets $2 million guaranteed for signing. He gets an 8.091 base salary. And then the bonuses, I mean, Michelle, they're all contingent on a playoff berth. Every single one of them. It's more than $300,000 each. If he gets 65 receptions, that's a lot. That's a lot. 
and a playoff, but it's in, it's it's in concert with a playoff berth. It's eleven total touchdowns. That's a lot and a playoff berth, and it's thirteen hundred and fifty rushing yards and a playoff berth. So if they don't make the playoffs, he doesn't see a dime of his bonuses. But is there another pathway for him to get what he ultimately wanted and get the compensation he feels like he's deserved, other than him making the playoffs? And, and showing his worth on the biggest on the biggest stage, because Randy, I know that sometimes you're able to really pinpoint your value by removing yourself from the situation. OK, you don't think I'm worth this amount of money. Let's see. I'll sit out. See what this offense looks like without me. But you're also rolling the dice. What if somebody steps in and they are serviceable and they do put up numbers and the team succeeds without you? What if you you don't play and then when you decide to come back after you feel like your point is proven, it takes you a while to get ready and you don't look right, like so, yourself out there. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. risk either way. I think the only way he can really come back to the table and say this is what I deserve is if he is a huge part of their success again and does so in the playoffs. Ab- absolutely. Now, Saquon himself on whether he truly considered sitting out this year. Okay, you're going to hear the question from the reporter and pay attention to what what Saquon has to say here. Were you seriously considering sitting out camp and maybe even part of the regular season? Yeah, I was. Um, that's a play that I have. Um, but I'll be completely honest. Uh, if I sat out this year and say if the the New York Football Giants and I sat out and we didn't have a good record, you think that's going to make another team in free agency or the Giants want to have me come back the next year after I sat out, sat out a whole year and be like, oh, we want to give you $15 million a year now. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's how it's going to work. And after, you know, having conversations and really breaking it down, when you sit there and you break it down like that, you like, the you know, only way that I'm going to make a change or do something that's going to, you know, benefit for myself and my family is doing what I do best. And that's showing up, playing the game I love. Okay. So we had heard from Diana Rossini, hey, there is some real thought here that Saquon will sit out week one. He addresses playing the card of, no, I would have sat out the entire season. You're leaving millions of dollars on the table. It's like $600,000 a week had he not played. So I understand it from a from a monetary side of things, but I do think if if we're all tired of talking about Saquon Barkley and his contract now, yes. I mean, prepare thyself for next summer because this situation, the franchise tag situation, the running back market itself is not going to suddenly rebound and get more robust and get healthier and any of that stuff. It's going it, to this, this is all coming a year from now. It's coming for all of us again. It is. But I also think he has a very valid point there and that if he sits out and let's say the Giants don't have success while he's showing his value, not being there for his team is something that can be weaponized against him in those conversations right. moving forward. It's it's almost like no matter which route he took, it was not going to be what he wanted it to be. And that's a bummer because he, I, I think he deserves better. Yeah. ESPN Radio NFL Two Days rolling on with a team and a quarterback who deserve better. The New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr. Will Carr make my Raiders regret letting him walk? We're going to discuss that after Michelle Smallman has this from Indeed. 
If you're finding yourself needing to find your next great hire, then you need Indeed. Their hiring solution makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed hiring dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits when you conduct virtual interviews. Terms and conditions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation 2 Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The New Orleans Saints. 58! Go! This is Catherine Terrell covering the Saints. The focus will be on wide receiver Michael Thomas for the third straight training camp. Ankle and toe injuries have limited Thomas to only 10 regular season games since the 2020 season opener. Getting the 2019 Offensive Player of the Year back to full health would be a huge boost to the Saints. While Thomas hasn't officially practiced yet this year, it's been all positive progress off the field as he and new quarterback Derek Carr have already hit it off. The Saints and second-year head coach Dennis Allen are counting on this tandem to turn their hopes around after they finished 22nd in scoring offense last year and missed the playoffs for the second straight season. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation 2 days on ESPN Radio. 
Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. She's Michelle Smallman there in New York. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Before we get to the Saints and what Catherine Terrell had to say uh, there from uh, Metairie, Louisiana, uh, if you haven't heard, Joe Burrow, uh, this is an update now from the AFC North, I guess, but Joe Burrow had to leave practice today with the Bengals. They actually had to be carted off, and we can see the video here. Uh, at least I can, Smalls. I don't know if you have... NFL Live uh, in your studio. But you I can, do. Okay, so you can see Joe Burrow uh, come away from center. He gets rid of the football. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a handoff or a pass, but then he he's hopping. I mean, he's, he is not putting any weight on that leg as he's hopping off to the side. J- just to get wildly reckless with the speculation here, he sits in his chin. Don't shake your head. He sits down. He sits down, and he doesn't appear to be writhing in agony. You know what I mean? Like, right. take take that for what for for what you will. But the, the the topics that are trending right now on Twitter are not Joe Joe Burrow, Achilles, calf, and carded. That is that is down the right side of my what's happening screen on Twitter right now. So everyone's firing takes out. All we know is it was on a sleeve protected portion of his leg, and that Bengals head coach Zach Thomas says that it was a calf. That's what he's. Zach, what did I say? Zach Thomas? Zach Taylor. Zach Thomas would have hunted Zach Taylor's back in the day. Zach Taylor telling reporters it was a calf. So with that, and we'll give you the very latest as we get it, but that's what we know about Joe Burrow. Now let's get to New Orleans. Two-a-days with Deuce McAllister, our New Orleans Saints color analyst and SEC network analyst at McAllister 26 with us here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, Deuce, you've been there. You've, you've been at training camp so far. How is Derek Carr... Uh, getting adjusted to his to his new surroundings and, and his new talent there with the Saints. Well, I'll get to Derek in a second, but you talked about, you know, obviously uh, Joe Burrow and the injury that he suffered. There's a lot of interest here, you know, and, and, and down in uh, New Orleans, you know, sure. you talk about yeah. playing really an hour up the highway there at Baton Rouge. So there's a, you know, pretty good contingent following uh, for Bengals. You look at Jamar Chase and obviously Joe Burrow. So there's some interest, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously some concern. And anytime that you lose a quarterback and, you know, just hearing you talk about it, it's the sleeve. Uh, the first thing for me pops up is ACL, you know, and did he tear it again? But you look at it, and obviously Coach Coach Zach talks about, you know, calf. Hopefully it was just something, uh, maybe some scar scar tissue or something uh, in, in, in that calf area that maybe popped a little bit and uh, gave him a little discomfort. Uh, you know, and then like you said, at this point, it's just pure speculation. The one thing that you don't want is obviously an Achilles or anything like that, and, you know, for him to have to sit out another year. So hopefully uh, they can get give another update at some point uh, once those MRIs and scan uh, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, the doctors, they can tell fairly quickly out on the field. Um, you know, if, if it is something severe, obviously uh, they want to be, you know, want to speculate, but you know, there's a couple tests that they can do it. They have a, a fairly decent idea out on the field, but now back to new Orleans and uh, <laughs> Derek Carr and how he has progressed so far um, just not only the first couple of days of camp, but, you know, overall, I think he's done a really, really good job. I think the first thing that jumps out uh, at you is just the leadership, the leadership skills, the leadership qualities, uh, just being able to endear himself uh, to his teammates, learning that system to the coaching staff, and just trying to go out and lead. And he'll tell you, hey, look, I'm a work in progress. I don't know everything about this offense. I don't know everything about my teammates, but, you know, I want to be a good teammate and I want to get us in and out of the right plays, uh, uh, make sure, guys, uh, I can distribute the football to those playmakers and let those guys go out and do what they do. 
Deuce, um, we've been looking at Derek Carr and this change of scenery and how this could rejuvenate him in a lot of ways. And the Saints have a lot of weapons and their division has a lot of question marks. I think a lot of people assume that the Saints will win the division, that they could be a playoff team. But when you look at, at how the team is constructed, what's the ceiling for them? I don't know if you can put a ceiling on them because um, and, and and when I say that, yes, I can put a win total of, of what I think that they can do or, you know, what they should do. But you still got to go out and play the game. The one mm-hmm. thing that we can't control uh, are our injuries. And when I say we can't control individuals outside of that organization and even the organization, in a sense, you can't control what guys get banged up. You can't control what guys are out for the season. You know, you hope that you have the depth necessary to be able to uh, combat losing a player or two. But, I mean, uh, that, that's always the question mark. The overall talent that they have right now, yeah, you should win at least 10 games. Uh, but that, that that's not guaranteed. And so the game isn't played on paper. It's not just played roster versus roster. You have to go out and compete. Uh, but it does set up very well for them overall, particularly when you look at some of the question marks in the division. You know, and you, you, you look at uh, new quarterbacks. You look at guys that you're familiar with being maybe in a new place. And so there, there, there's some um, – some hope uh, here in New Orleans, and there's a lot of excitement overall with their team. But, you know, I think overall that, that they have to kind of make sure that they're getting better themselves and they have a good plan week in and week out. That division is so wide open as we're talking with Deuce McAllister, New Orleans Saints color analyst and SEC network analyst. And Deuce, you played the position. You played the position in that uniform. Uh, I'm wondering how Jamal Williams factors into the ground game plans here moving forward for this team. Heavily. I can tell you that right now. He will factor in heavily and actually just getting to talk to him a little bit. You know, not, not only, um, uh, this summer, but, you know, over the first couple of days of, uh, camp, uh, Jamal is down a couple of pounds as well. So he's not the, the 235, 230 guy. He's, he's probably more closer to 220, 215. And some of that is probably by design and, you know, not having to play up in the NFC uh, North anymore. And, you know, just being uh, uh, a little slender is definitely going to help him, particularly as you, you haven't even gotten to the dog days of, uh, of camp yet. But um, he's, he's going to factor in well. I mean, one of the things that the Saints struggled with last year were, was uh, short yardage. You know, the only play that they really had where they could go to consistently on third and short was the, the QB power with Taysom Hill. And so teams started to kind of lean on that and take it away. And so uh, having Jamal in there to be able to take some of that pressure off of Alvin as Taysom and Taysom as well will definitely help them up front. And I know that they want to be a downhill physical running team. And I think that he will you know, factor heavily in some of the things that they want to do offensively. Deuce, Randy mentioned it. You played the position, so I would love to ask you about the state of the running back position right now. We're obviously seeing so much in the news about the market for running backs, about Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, etc. What do you make of what you're seeing with how running backs are being valued in the NFL right now? This isn't a surprising trend when you look at it over the years. I mean, and so um, it really started not 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 in the last few years. But obviously, the when you talk about the stagnant of pay for guys, that's been going on for the last few years. And I think, you know, from an agent standpoint, as well as from a player standpoint, uh, some guys were being told some things that just weren't true. And if you've been paying attention to the numbers, uh, the numbers kind of back it up a little bit. And so the market has been suppressed for a while when you look at it from the running back's position. The problem that they have uh, as a running back is you're locked in for the next seven years to a CBA, then there's really nothing – 
that you can do to change that. I mean, and so um, for those guys, it's always going to be, hey, look, I want security, I want security. But at the same time, you've got to get as much as you can guaranteed and upfront, or at least from a guaranteed standpoint, because uh, just having that long-term security, I don't see teams changing it, and then particularly how the game has changed. That's what you got to understand as well. The money is going to the quarterback. The money is going to the receiver. The money is going to the left tackle. And so if you're a running back, yes, we can use you. But can I get the same or similar production from maybe a guy that I don't have to pay top five? And so, you know, it's just having to be smart and understanding what the market look like, looks like and then understanding, you know, what my value is and trying to strike as, 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 as much as you can, as quick as you can. Deuce McAllister, we appreciate the insight. Again, your boots on the ground for us. You're there at training camp. And it sounds like everything I felt about Derek Carr coming down there is starting to pan out, or at least looking like it could pan out. And that's exciting for you guys. I think it's going to be a 10-11 win season for sure. Thank you for the time today. No problem. Thank you all. When, when, when Deuce said heavily <laughs> for how Jamal Williams is going to fit in, I thought he said heavenly. And, and I think they're both true. Because I think a guy who had 17 touchdowns last year can fill in that Mark Ingram role and really be a goal line back uh, for a team that's going to spend a lot of time in the red zone. She's Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Scott. Next on Canton Carlin on ESPN Radio, the very latest on Joe Burrow as there is some breath being held in Cincinnati. More on that to come. It's ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Vibrant music for a bit of a somber situation right now in the NFL. Just sort of like a collective holding of breath. As it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. She is Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. Uh, conversation on the CC call-in line is as follows. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Here's what we know about what happened at Bengals training camp uh, within the last 25 minutes or so. Bengals coach Zach Taylor conf- well, saying, not confirming, saying that quarterback Joe Burrow, who was carted off today, suffered a calf strain. Doesn't have any more info yet. Did say that Burrow had experienced calf soreness, Michelle, after the first practice of camp. That's why he had a sleeve over the calf today. You pointed that out, and we've sort of Zapruder filmed this thing and been like, okay, wait, he's hopping, and there's this, mm-hmm. and Deuce mm-hmm. McAllister comes in, and he's like, well, here's what they were able to diagnose. But the but the, the sleeve on the calf I thought was related to previous knee issues that he'd had. It turns out he had been experiencing some calf soreness, and that's why he's wearing the sleeve. Yeah, that was something that popped out to me, Randy, because I noticed that he had the sleeve on, so I was wondering if maybe there was some tenderness there and he was protecting it. We watched the video. Um, for those who haven't seen it, we can describe it to you. Joe Burrow was running a play, 
during an 11 on 11 drill. He rolls out to his right. He's running. He has a right leg issue. He pulls up that right leg. He's hopping on his left leg. He goes to the ground. You see him sitting with the trainers before being taken off on a cart. But as you noted, Randy, it's not as if he was writhing in pain or slamming the ground. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we still certainly don't know the severity of this calf strain or how long he might be out. But at least if you're a Bengals fan who, who watched that video, maybe that gives you a little bit of positivity surrounding this issue with Joe Burrow is that he didn't seem to be at least demonstrably experiencing a huge amount of pain. No doubt it's uncomfortable. No doubt it's uncomfortable might be putting it mildly. It's probably painful. Yes. It's probably also terrifying as you are a professional athlete. And as we said, you know, Joe Burrow has has suffered knee injuries before, uh, but he's also young and on the cusp on the cusp of signing a massive contract. He's eligible to be the next in line to be the next quarterback or player to just wear the title of highest paid player in NFL history. You know, it's a title that's been handed from Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson to, or maybe I have that order wrong, but now it's, you know, it was Patrick Mahomes not too long ago. Most recently, it's Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow was next and he might still be, but that has to be in the pit of your stomach or the back of your mind. Terrifying. If you're Joe Burrow sitting on that hot grass and wondering why your leg isn't doing what it's supposed to do. This guy just these past couple preseasons, I, I mean, injury, illness. You mentioned him coming back from the ACL. And then last year, let's not forget, late July, he had that appendectomy. So he's like, can I just oh, yeah. get can I just get a training camp or a preseason where I don't have to undergo any sort of injury or illness? But you're right. Not only are the Bengals holding their breath because their season is right there in that calf, right there with Joe Burrow. But he understands that he is right there on the line to get the highest contract in the NFL, to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Because after we saw what Justin Herbert got paid, Joe Burrow is worth every penny of that and then some. All right, let's hear from Burrow himself quickly why he's in camp without a contract. I've wasted enough days last two years with you know injuries and appendicitis and COVID the year before that. You know, I don't. I don't want to get out of camp wishing that I had, you know, seven more days that I could have got better. And so I'm. That's the reason I'm here. I'm focused on getting a deal done. That's good for us. Good for me. Good for the team. Good for everybody. It speaks to what Michelle you said about the appendicitis. He's missed time. He loves the game. Doesn't want to miss any more time. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. We got much more on this. Uh, we got head coach beef as well. Suddenly, you know, we're in the doldrums of contractual talk this time in the NFL offseason. Now we have real meat on the bone. Michelle Smallman, Randy Scott, and for the guys, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.